All right, guys, we have another Mad Lib today. Um, Jared, give me a spin. Tyler. Adjective. Uh, Raccoon-like. <laughs> <laughs> Nick. A noun. <laughs> now I can only think of raccoon. Uh... <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Is that what we're going with? Uh, <laughs> it, if it needs to be different, then let's go with mink. Uh, okay. Me. Uh, noun. Um, otter. <laughs> Tyler. Food. Cheese pizza. Uh, Nick. Uh, a woman's name. Clarice. <laughs> Raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> this is my daughter. Her name is Raccoon. <laughs> if, if I was more versed in Resident Evil, I would probably pick one of their names because uh, of Raccoon yeah, yeah. City. Ada Wong, I think. No, wait. Just maybe just Ada. Never mind. I don't know if her last name is Wong. <laughs> uh, Female's name. Uh, President's daughter from Resident <laughs> Evil 4. Uh, me. Uh, another noun. Um, sheetrock. <laughs> Tyler. <Okay. laughs> um, a proper noun. Uh, uh, hmm. The Great Wall of China. Nick. Uh, different proper noun. Uh, Lichtenstein. I don't know how to spell that. <laughs> <sighs> There's no K in it. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm doing it so that I can pronounce it later. I was gonna say just just Phonetic. put down lick just put down lick a tongue and be done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lick a tongue. There we go, lick a tongue. Uh, me. Um, okay, another proper noun. Um, the space needle. Tyler. Interesting that you all picked, well, I guess you all, you all picked places. Anyways, um, adjective. Uh, morbidly obese. Okay. This is going to be the most esoteric one we've ever done. <laughs> Nick. Um, well, we're going further with more adjectives. Give me another one. Uh, chicken-esque. Ch- chicken-esque? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I can do raccoon-like, I'm pretty sure chicken-esque should be on the menu. <laughs> Uh, me. Uh, another adjective. Um, green. Tyler. A noun. Um. Do bar stool. Nick. Okay. Uh, another noun. Uh, uh, cat tree. <laughs> okay. Uh, me. Uh, place. A place. That's apparently not the Great Wall of China, Lickitung, or the Space Needle. <laughs> um, uh, Tyler's basement. <laughs> Tyler. Um, a color. Um, let's see. What's that? What's that green? Is that puce green? Is that a, I think that's a thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's green, but I know okay. it's a color. Well, sure, we'll go with that. No, actually, no, change my nope. mind. No, nope. I, I already wrote it okay. down. All right, all right, puce. Puce it is. Nick. Um, puce is 
a dark red or purple brown color. Okay, that's not at all what I thought it was, but sure. <laughs> Too late, you said it. Uh, who's next? Uh, Nick. Uh, give me a profession. Um, sh- mime. Mime. <laughs> okay. uh, me. Uh, a verb with preposition. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, like a verb com- with preposition. So like, like jumped on, sat okay. on, uh, okay. um, ran around. Um, vomited in. Well, I guess it's... Uh... Okay. <laughs> Tyler. Uh, adjective. Wisely. Isn't that... An... That's probably an adverb. Yeah, isn't yeah it? I suppose that'd be an adverb. Well, yeah, I guess that would be more of an adverb. Um, I guess wise. Yeah, just wise would be an adjective. Okay. Uh, Nick. Um, a generalized age group. Adult. <laughs> Very <Okay>. generalized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me. Adjective. Um, moldy. <laughs> that's a good one uh, Tyler occupation which is apparently different from profession um, toilet wine manufacturer <laughs> okay can 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 we if we really okay brewer, fine. Brewer, fine, or no. brewer toilet wine yeah <laughs> you want brewer manufa- manufacturer or let's use brewer. Brewer is more accurate, maybe. I don't know. Nope, manufacturer. Okay. Uh, Nick. Uh, animal. <laughs> the black-footed ferret. Is that with two C's? I literally put two C's. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the thick-footed ferret. <laughs> uh, me. Uh, verb. The only verb in the whole thing. Um, we'll just say jump. Okay. So, um, you guys have just assisted me in the intro to our podcast today. I mean, I think we'll be assisting you with the entire podcast, probably, but... All right. He made it sound like we get the rest of the night off. Yeah. <laughs> um, welcome back to Raccoon Like Mink. I'm your otter, Cheese Pizza Clarice. <laughs> That's right, this is a podcast dedicated to the inner workings of sheetrock. With me today are the Great Wall of China, Lickitung, and the Space Needle. We are coming to you morbidly obese to bring you another chicken-esque episode full of green content. Today, we are going to discuss Jared's insatiable appetite for barstools, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's collection of cat trees that he keeps stored in his basement. Oh, that worked. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, why Evan painted his room puce, and how long Nick has moonlighted as a mime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've always wondered that myself. After which, we might vomit in some stuff about the Indie Nintendo Direct. Because Peaches is so very wise to play the adult, moldy, toilet wine manufacturer, black-footed ferrets. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump. I didn't know it was possible to break a Mad Lib. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anybody could do it, it's us. So, um, yeah. So, which one of you is the Great Wall of China? I don't know, but I'm definitely the space needle. 
I mean, I said Liechtenstein, so I guess I should take credit for it. All right, Lickitung, I choose you. And then the Great Wall of China. All right. Oh, boy. Um, so, so, okay, so we have to talk. Um, apparently, we have to we have to make this real, right? Like, we can't be liars. Um, so, Jared, how do you how do you feel about bar stools? Um, how many bar stools do you own? Um, not very many because I eat them all. <laughs> <laughs> they go really well if you set them on the grill for fourteen hours um, <laughs> and then douse them in barbecue sauce. Mm. Uh, and then Tyler, you have cat trees. Do you have any cats? I do not. I just, just the cat trees all up in the basement. <laughs> Does, yep. um, oh my God. What is your pet's name? I, I forgot. My snake. His yeah. name is Seraph. Like Seraph. his full name would be Sans Seraph, but you know what? <laughs> I can, uh... Um, does he like the cat trees? You know, actually, he probably would. If I had cat trees, he would probably enjoy getting out and climbing around on some stuff, new stuff for a change. Um, do you even have a basement? I do. I do okay. have a basement now. Well, That's... maybe you should look and see if you just have cat trees there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, if these Mad Libs, you know, have the power of pr- like predictive capabilities, then you know what? It's possible. Um, well, we're going to have to ask Evan some other time why his room is puce. Um, but it has apparently given him a headache, uh, staring at his puce walls. So, um, he made a poor choice. Yeah. So he made a poor choice. So we'll have to ask him how he's doing, um, with his, with his puce later. Um, Nick, how long have you mimed for? I can't say. I was really hoping I mean, it would just be awkward silence. Yeah. So like... I, I, I was... <laughs> well, it's technically the moon isn't technically out yet, so he's not moonlighting as well. Ah, I see. I'm sorry. I should have uh, talked to you in your uh, proper names: the Great Wall of China, Liechtenstein, and uh, the Space Needle. I apologize I, for that. I was very torn between not answering at all and giving that response <laughs> i was just gonna wait a little while and go oh interesting i didn't know that nick <laughs> um yeah and so after a little while we might vomit in some stuff about the nintendo direct because <laughs> um yeah <laughs> there it is hey um <laughs> i but you know i don't quite i don't my I really, hairball jared i really don't remember anything about the adult moldy toilet toilet wine manufacturer <laughs> black footed ferrets game that they announced i might have to reread the patch notes that sounds like something that'll be free on playstation plus <laughs> and like <two> months. <laughs> i'll make sure to download that um well that was fun thanks for doing my job for me guys all right, now that we got the night off. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess do we want to just jump into the indie direct? And, you uh, to watch it? I, I have it up. I can talk about it. Yep, yeah, I watched through it. Oh. Um, we could also we could also do the uh, kind of a quick quick overview of what we're playing. I know Nick and I had some some things to discuss, a couple games that might be worth mentioning, but do it. Oh shit! <laughs> well, fine, Brandon. If you don't want to do it, just say so. <laughs> I, I I clicked on an ad. <laughs> now I, you know, they know all my search history for the past ten years. I was gonna say, if you clicked on an ad, then you can probably say what you're currently playing is Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> can we get a sponsorship now? <laughs> Does that count? Okay, Tyler, what are you playing? I mean, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Space Mr. Needle. Mr. Space Needle, what are you playing? <laughs> um, well, uh, so I've been playing um, a couple different games, mostly Monster Hunter lately, actually. That's uh, both the kind of went back and was playing a little bit more on uh, PS4. Uh, well, the PS, playing it on the PS5, but it's the PS4 version, uh, Monster Hunter World 
which I'm still kind of holding out hope at some point I'll be able to suck the rest of you into playing that since I believe it was a PlayStation Plus game a while back or something. It, no, it's part of the PlayStation Plus free collection it, thing. Yeah. Oh. You have a PS5. Well, there you go. Anybody who has a PS5, yeah, go. Which is go all of us. That. Well, our listeners probably don't all have them. But they you were trying have... to get us to talk to play with you, not well, them. True. But... They don't all have Jared as a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do we. <laughs> oh, shut up, Great Wall of China. Everyone just walks all over me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Monster Hunter World, and, uh, and actually the one I've been playing even more than that is Monster Hunter Rise, which is the one that just came out on the Nintendo Switch, which... We'll be talking about the Switch here in a little while, but... Uh, switch, which? Which Switch? My Switch. Which Switch, 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 Switch. Which Switch is on the Switch? Which? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a good break. Nick is gray on my screen. Oh, he's offline. Gasp. Also gasp. So I don't know. Well, fuck you, Nick! <laughs> I am... gotta, gotta leave that in. So, Tyler, I was listening to another podcast that was talking about the new Monster Hunter game on the Switch. And the question was posed, for someone who is new to the Monster Hunter series, which game would be better to jump in on? World or Rise? Honestly, probably Rise. If you've never played one before, I would say... I Well, see, that's 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 really hard to answer because, like, I still think I'll go with Rise just because there's something about the level design and the way the hub is designed that it just, it seems like it's just a little bit more user friendly. Like it makes a little bit more sense and kind of holds your hand a bit more. Like it just seems like it explains the mechanics of the game a little bit better. But obviously it's kind of hard for me to have a good opinion on that because I jumped into the series with Monster Hunter World and it was admittedly a little bit like obtuse. Like the series in general is known for not necessarily being beginner friendly. Um, and Monster Hunter World was was the most user friendly, really, of any of the games in the series, from what I've heard. But even it was still kind of, you know, I was sort of like, what the heck am I doing? Like, how do all these mechanics work? And there's a lot of stuff that they still don't ever really explain to you explicitly that you kind of just learn and figure out as you play the game. But that's part of the fun, too. It's kind of like you learn all these little ins and outs and tricks, and it's like, oh, you know, if I do the, this little tackle with the greatsword equipped that this, like, I get, like, invulnerability frames so I can, like, tank through attacks here and then do really big damage and it's uh, it's part of the fun i guess i would say is sort of jumping and figure out the mechanics but i still think if you've never played one before you'd have an easier time with rise that was kind of the consensus is that rise lets you like start um attacking hunting monsters like really quickly yeah. and it yep. but it sometimes over explains things too much with like a lot of like word vomit drop that you have yep. to read <laughs> exactly uh i would say like to be perfectly honest i think the best way to get into monster hunter it would be to play with somebody who's already played it like mm. truthfully like i think he's just trying to get us to play it i i mean but like for real like that would that would be the quickest way to get into playing it because you know i can tell you some of the little tips and tricks for all the different weapon types and kind of like oh hey if you enjoy this you know you might like this weapon and and that's that's another kind of cool thing about monster hunter is i hate to say that it's it's grindy but there's really no way around it that it is a little bit grindy in that it kind of rewards you for like playing around with 
the different weapons and then picking one that you kind of stick with and you know you go and you figure out all the ins and outs of how it works and you you know you hunt a bunch of monsters craft a bunch of different like elemental varieties of that same weapon type and then that'll kind of prepare you to hunt other monsters new monsters go back and hunt old monsters to get better gear to help you fight the new monsters it's so it is a little bit grindy in that nature but I guess the biggest thing I've noticed, though, and why it's aged really well for me is despite being kind of a grindy game in nature in terms of how you get the gear and stuff, it's not. I mean, I don't know. I hate I always I hate like these days, I feel like I'm always bashing on Destiny, even though I actually like it quite a bit. But at least the state of the game now, I honestly enjoy jumping back into a game more like Monster Hunter, where it's like, yeah, I can pick it up. I can do a couple monster hunts and get some gear or do whatever just kind of have fun like quite a bit of fun with just the moment-to-moment gameplay and it's not necessarily that progression gated or you can always go back and start a new game and um and i think that the faster pace of monster hunter rise helps with that a lot too that's the other big thing i'll say is just like monster hunts in monster hunter world could literally take you like easily 15 to 20 minutes for one hunt but that's a pretty nice just like bite-sized chunk of game time where if you only had time for one hunt you could just do one hunt and be done um but in monster hunter rise i was routinely doing like sub even sometimes five minute monster hunts like i was doing five minute to eight minute monster hunts which is kind of cool but yeah fun games well, it's on Brandon's my list. It's, oh, <laughs> damn it. This is not a Zimcaster type of night. I have re-downloaded Monster Hunter World. I played a bit of it back two years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. I created a new character and got to the point where I can at least start doing hunts. Yeah, that's my biggest my biggest complaint about Monster Hunter World is now that I know how to play it, going back, the intro sequence is too damn long for that game. Like it's an just, hour. Yeah, like just Which, creating yeah. a character and like, and it's it's all it's doubly I, frustrating. Now I don't you, count the character creation <laughs> because that can take however long uh, it takes yeah. you to create a character. Well, but that's the thing though. Most games like that, they let you edit your character more than monster hunter does like at a later date not i mean i guess that's not true a lot of games don't but like it's a very detailed character creator for as little as you're kind of allowed to edit it like actually i take that back you can you can get vouchers never mind they did add a everybody got some free vouchers that let you change your appearance so you can do that um but there's not really a good outside of buying those vouchers in the in-game store after you if you for some reason if you burn through like the there's like a couple freebies that they give you so tyler you said one of the games was obtuse um would you say that it was morbidly obtuse uh no i mean that's probably you're getting into the realm of monster hunter freedom unite before you're getting into morbidly obtuse (laughs) from everything (laughs) I've heard. That game is just like an impenetrable wall of difficulty and like, just, I don't know. It's yeah. Like I said, any, if you play either of the two most recent monster hunter games, you're getting basically the, the, the most dumbed down versions of them to date. And I don't think that's a bad thing. They were, like I said, still a learning curve, but they're a lot of fun once you get into it. Okay. Anybody else want to comment on anything they're pl- they've been playing? Um, I've been going through Assassin's Creed Origins very slowly. Have um, you killed a crocodile yet? Many of them. <laughs> I've killed a hippo and a lion and lots of humans. And bears, oh my. <laughs> But were any of them making toilet wine? You know, no. <laughs> Dang it. Although I did kill a guy in a spa in a bathhouse, so that's close. <laughs> oh no. 
But no, I take those games really slow. Like I'll get to a region and then I'll do like every single side quest before I move on to the next region. So it's taken me a while. And then I zoomed out and I was like, holy hell, this map is huge. You'll probably stop doing some of the side stuff after a while. But I want to do everything. You know what's weird is, I honestly, Assassin's Creed Origins is the only one that I did. I mean, DLC aside, I will admit I never went back and finished the DLC for Origins, but that is probably the Assassin's Creed game I've like come closest to like 100%ing. I did a lot of the side quests in that one. I just love the setting, and I don't know. I enjoyed the direction it kind of took the series in, so I actually played the crap out of it. Yeah, so I know I'm a few years too late, but like... It's definitely like crazy because like I haven't played since really Black Flag. Like mm-hmm. I did Black Flag and then I did, was it Rogue? Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is like a copy of Black Flag. I don't want to do this again. So yeah. um, I haven't played since then. And like, I know the sentiment was like, this was like a really kind of a 180, mm-hmm. you know, just reimagining how the gameplay works. And I'm enjoying it quite a bit so far, so. Yeah, I there are some things I don't like as well, especially like if you and see now it's tricky because I will say like what, how you felt about um, going from a black flag into rogue. That's a little bit how I felt going from uh, Origins into Odyssey, where mm. uh, it was kind of just it, it like it was arguably better in every single way. Like they definitely made some pretty good improvements going from Origins to Odyssey, but it was still just like I, it was similar enough that I was kind of burned out on it, and so I didn't actually make it that far in Odyssey, despite again the fact that they did add some pretty cool stuff to it. But I then I've come very close now to beating Valhalla, which I still need to go back and beat. Um, but I made more progress in that than I did in Odyssey. And because Valhalla shakes it up even further, and for me, finds that nice balance between the more RPG elements and origins and the actual like action packed kind of Assassin's Creed combat I was more used to from like Black Flag. Like it, it, stri- it basically straddles that balance a little better in my mind. Yeah, so I'll either put lots of games in between origins and odyssey or i'll do the nick method and just skip all the side quests and just like burn through the story. i didn't skip all the side quests uh, uh i did beat origins i did beat odyssey and i'm still working through valhalla but it's just I, those are games i need to take a bite at a time so i don't get mm-hmm. burned out on Yep. And, and I totally get that. Like looking back, some of the side quests I've already done were just like pointless in the long. Like if you look back at it, like uh, yeah. Origins like, is why a little did bit I worse about that? that out of the three. Yep. Uh, For sure. Now, Odyssey, some of them are kind of joke quests that if you are familiar with Greek mythology, like, okay, I, I see what they're making reference to here. Uh, some of them are pretty interesting, like the, uh, oh, damn, I'm now blinking on the name. There's uh, the philosopher from Athens. Oh, you do. Uh, Socrates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexander the Great. <laughs> uh, so. Sp- space Needle? Oh, shit. Like, Socrates <laughs> will show up and. He has, has so like, well, which side do you help and why? And then, like, whatever side you help, he kind of, like, well, did you see it from this perspective? And it was always kind of interesting to do his side missions. And Valhalla is interesting in that the the missions don't send you gallivanting around the map. Yes. It's, it's localized, yeah. so... The side mission is there. There is some task to complete, and uh, some of them are interesting. Some of them are are just to be funny. It's a it's a nice mix. Uh, I'd forgotten. I think I mentioned it before the last time we talked about Valhalla, but that's probably one of my favorite changes from Origins and Odyssey. Is like, I, don't get me wrong. I like seeing all of the world. But I like the fact that it's like the stuff that you do is in the region that you find it. So it feels like you're stumbling across the side mission. And that's such a natural like 
organic way of discovering content that they can you mean stick you don't want to be uh sw- swinging through the city find a <laughs> uh dove that you need to chase and then all of a sudden you've chased it and you're on the other goddamn side of the goddamn <laughs> map uh, yeah. yeah i i'm okay with not not doing that <laughs> looking at you spider-man <laughs> just be happy uh there's no doves oh okay, no i take that back there is one <laughs> quest in miles morales where you have to do some doves but it's like three and not a whole city full 20. of them. Yeah. Um, I'm, I had, we need to have it. We're going to have a discussion at some point um, about this particular topic. Um, uh, so uh, keep looking out uh, fans for this episode, but we're going to have like a, a, an episode kind of on um, like the emotional spectrum of video games um and i won't really get into that more uh now but um i was sitting on the couch one day wanting to play a video game and i wasn't sure what video games i wanted to play and um i knew what video game i wanted to play but i didn't feel i felt guilty playing it because i've got you know five or six seven eight other games probably more than that that i should be playing some that I'm halfway done, some I'm not quite halfway done with, some that I'm really enjoying um, that I've recently bought. Um, and my my wife pointed out, she's like, you shouldn't feel bad about playing video games. Like, they're your stress relief and, you know, you find them enjoyable and fun. Mm-hmm. Just, just play the video game. I'm like, Oh, I guess that's true. Okay, <laughs> so I've been playing Final Fantasy X again. Ah, nice. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of interesting. I'm making her sit there with me and watch. <laughs> um, she likes watching me play video games. She enjoys the story and those sorts of things. So yeah. I'm not really forcing her that's to good. do anything. But um, I'm not playing the game unless she's sitting uh, there with me. Now um, we need to do an episode of video games for Brandon to play to his wife. We're going to start with Bioshock. Oh, Ooh, actually she might. En- yeah. Like I can, I can see her enjoying the story to that. Um, but yeah, I've been playing, I've been playing Final Fantasy 10 um i actually you know i'm still i'm still i'm doing like what nick says with the 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 ac games i'm in small chunks going through uh persona 5 um i don't want to get burnt out i want to do everything right and yeah. you know well i don't want to get burnt out um yeah i kind of i kind of made that mistake when i played it so that's probably smart just keep slow and steady finishes mm-hmm. the race <laughs> Um, and that's about it. I mean, I, I'll I'll play, you know, Madden when I feel like not worrying about story or progression or anything. I'm pretty sure the story of Madden is that they used to wear that sticky stuff on their hands, but now they've got those gloves. That's the story. <laughs> um. All right, let's talk. Let's talk about the Nintendo Direct. Make sure we have time for this. Yeah. So, um, I guess Wednesday. If you're listening to this, it was last Wednesday. Um, for meta gaming, it was yesterday. <laughs> um, the I didn't even hear about it. Actually, one of my friends at work told me that it was happening yesterday. Um, right before it happened, he's a huge Nintendo fan. So um, I don't know if he's a fan still or not. But hey, shout out to you. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, the Nintendo Showcase, um, just like indie games. Um, I'm going to go through them in the list that I found. Um, and for at least for Jared and Nick, did you watch it? Uh, I got bits of it. OK, well, I'll, I'll read the I found a little, you know, just an uh, article online that kind of um, just explains what the games are a little bit. So I'll read those and then we can kind of talk about it. Um, uh so the first game that's on this list is Road 96. It's a procedural narrative game created by Digix Art. Why am I always the one reading? Okay, anyways. <laughs> um, where players take on the role of teenagers. Your decisions will greatly affect what happens in the story. It comes to Nintendo Switch later this year. 
So it was um, the way they did it actually was really interesting because they would they told the story. They you know like it was like one person telling a story, and every time they came to like this is what happened, they would overlay two or three other things that actually were also happening, mm-hmm. or that the other ideas that could happen. You know, right? It was at a bar. It was at a restaurant. It was at a at the school. It was you know, mm-hmm. um, and you know where I broke my arm, broke my leg, lost my teeth. I mean, you know, like, and so there's like, I don't know, 7,000 or 4,000 different um, possibilities of just throughout the game that will just change your story completely. Seems kind of interesting. Yeah, this was definitely one, like, this was towards the top of my list of the games that I found the most interesting out of the, the, the indie world um, showcase. Like it was uh, I, I, like, is it a game that I was like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to buy that. No, but I am kind of, you know, I'm always interested in narrative games and this looks to me kind of like, Oh, I mean, in a little ways, some of the, something like Detroit, um, in yeah, the, I was like, thinking maybe we should all force each other to get this one. <laughs> yeah, was, that's what I was kind of thinking. Is like this would be kind of a fun one because to me it looks like it really is. It's so weird because it just almost sounded like a story generator. Like in that I couldn't really tell what the overarching plot was going to be like or anything like that. But like you mm-hmm. said, it was just like it sounded like it was just paying homage to like ninety eight, like eighties, nineties kind of road trip movies like you know you the idea is just kind of you're traveling it's like self-discovery and discovery of the world and it's kind of like who are you gonna meet who are you gonna talk to where are you gonna go what are you gonna see and i'm curious to see what kinds of stories we could all generate and share with each other like how different Mm -hmm. our playthroughs might be so that was kind of i was kind of excited about that uh next one was ariel knights never yield um, this is a 3D side-scroller where players control Wally as he jumps, runs, and dashes through platforming areas using his acrobatic prowess. Um, the game releases on May 19. A demo is currently available in the Nintendo eShop. Um, my understanding of this game is... I mean, Tyler, tell me if I'm wrong, but it just reminds me of Temple Run or <laughs> Sonic Dash. Um, I, I don't I think there was like a Mario one, too. Wasn't it? I don't yeah, remember. What it yeah. Yeah. Like, was it just called Mar- kind of Mario game. Run or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I, By that the way, was... there's a Crash Bandicoot one right now, too. Yeah. Join my team. Yeah. <laughs> my monster hunter team uh but <laughs> but no i that was totally the vibe i got brandon that was exactly mm-hmm. what i was gonna say like basically the that was my note is i was like yeah it looks like kind of I, I mean it's cool but it did look very similar to other kind of like auto runner or like parkour games like mm-hmm. that the only thing that i will say kind of differentiated for me was i was like yeah that's actually a pretty sick soundtrack i i was i was enjoying the soundtrack and that mm-hmm. it really seemed like they were trying to incorporate that the whole kind of living vibe of the city and a really cool soundtrack to kind of drive that action and that was that was cool i did like that but probably not like definitely a must buy by any means for me but may check it out right someday. Yeah, I probably won't. Um, last stop. Annapurna's interactive supernatural adventure game has players exploring three stories that tie together. It will be released in July. I don't remember anything about this one, actually. I'm looking at the screenshot right here, and I don't remember seeing anything about it. So that one, I had kind of a hard time figuring out what, like the narrative, it kind of seemed like they were hinting at the possibility of it having kind of like a like a freaky Friday kind of two two or three people have like a body swap situation where it's oh, like, yeah. like that's kind of okay, the vibe I'm I got. Remembering. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not sure if that's, that's exactly what they were going for or if it is more just like, it's, you know, a story about three characters whose lives kind of entwine all uh, a movie like crash or something like that. But, but at any rate, it, it gave me really strong, like telltale games vibes. Like it looked 
very much more like kind of an interactive movie than it did. Like they didn't really show much in the way of gameplay that I saw. So I was kind of not sure what to think about that one, honestly. But could be could be interesting. But yeah, not really. Didn't really exactly look like my cup of tea. Um, Annapurna has been busy, apparently, because the next one is Hindsight. Appearance and Memories and the Future in this artistic game published by Annapurna Interactive. Um, it will come out later this year. Uh, this one is kind of like that art style where, I mean, I'm just looking at the thing right here, and mm-hmm. um, they don't have faces. They have heads and <laughs> hair and stuff, but they don't have faces. Yeah, very, like you, uh, very minimalistic, very geometric. Yeah. Um, I like really liked the soundtrack and the narrator, like the narration and the, the writing sounded like it would be good for this one. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just sound like it would be delving into the kind of the exploration of like working through memories, like kind of just like puzzle solving in like little memory vignettes, like just, little, I don't know. So it's so kind of cool, but again, didn't, didn't really see too much of the actual gameplay. So hard to say. Um, the next one is called Ollie Ollie World. Uh, go on random road trips with your friends in order to find sweet places to skate with Roll 7's upcoming skateboard game. It's going to come out in the winter. Um, this is, it looks like just like, um, the, what's it called? Um, Aerial Knights Never Yield. Mm. It looks like it's going to be a side scroller. Uh, you know, endless runner, except you're on a skateboard and there are fewer obstacles, more um, ramps and rails and things to jump on. Um, it looks more like a fun time passer as opposed to, um, you know, something to kind of... I wouldn't say mindlessly do, mm-hmm. but it didn't seem terribly difficult. No enemies or or puzzles to figure out necessarily. I do think this is the Excuse third me. game in the series for them, at least. So, uh, I mean, they have they have something going for them. I've not played any of the Ollie Ollie games before. Yeah, I've heard a little bit about them. You know what it really, it reminded me a lot of this, like, I don't know if you've ever played, like, those Trials, kind of like Motocross games or whatever. It looked a lot like that, kind of where you're just, like, you know, you're going along on, like, a a 2D track, um, except in this case, one one feature they did point out that was I thought was kind of neat is like there's there's multiple routes through each level, so it's kind of like you'll see an experience that look like little different side quests and run into other characters. And at, at the end of the day, though, like kind of like you said, Brandon, it looked very much like you know it's it's a good just kind of passive activity that you know you sit there and you know you can do some cool tricks off of ramps maybe there's some light just kind of like platforming like how do i get from point a to point b um so it looked like relaxing fun but nothing too you know difficult or meaty to like sink your teeth into but mm-hmm. it's cool <clears throat> if you like uh um tony hawk but it's too hardcore for you right exactly that's kind of what it looked like to me the next game <laughs> is something that I think all of us should do. I really think we should all go in on this. And it's going to be the absolute longest setup for a podcast ever. <laughs> this one is called The Longing. Um, Suves? S-E-U-F-Z. Studio Suv's upcoming title. You play as a shade servant who's waiting for your king to reawaken. However, it's going to take 400 days for that to happen. 400 real-time days. (laughs) Pass the time by exploring and completing puzzles. It releases on Nintendo Switch yesterday. Yeah, I'm glad that you have some interest in this one because if 
I mean, basically, I, I'm, I'm going to say like I'm on board for that because this is one I almost picked it up on PC back when it released, and I can actually see enjoying it a lot more on Switch. Like, it's I feel like the Switch is like the perfect console for a game like this because everything that I've heard is that it's not really the kind of game where you sit down and you play for really long sessions. And and I know when we brought this up, uh, Nick, you mentioned that you'd kind of heard that as well. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like you just, you pick it up. I honestly don't even know what all is available to, for your little character to do as you kind of walk around these caves, but it's like just a very, very slow paced, like kind of slowly unraveling sort of a mystery yeah, around like, mm-hmm. what it is that you're actually it just waiting says, for. Past time by exploring and completing yeah, puzzles. It, uh, mm-hmm. it has, so I kind of watched a, there's a YouTuber that I kind of does a deep dive into more indie based titles. And he's actually played this game twice. And the, it is a, it is surprisingly a story based game. And it does require 400 days real time to play it. And there is a story that unravels and you probably don't need to play more than 15 minutes. So like this, like Tyler said, the switch is probably a great place to play it. Uh, you just turn it on, do a couple puzzles before bed every night and the story unfolds over time and it has to deal with, uh, just, I, how your life lives out over 400 days like you have a singular singular purpose it's really interesting on the nintendo page the game page for it it says like choose your playing style you could start the game and just simply come back 400 days later to see how it ends. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't actually have to play the game at all. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. But you can actually do a whole bunch of stuff. And they even like, you know, read tons of classic literature like Moby Dick, like in the game. Like you can like read the book. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Or that's at least neat. have the shade read them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently there's, it seems pretty endless what you could do with it. Um, How much is it? It's fifteen bucks. Ooh, yeah. I think I think we should. I think absolutely. I think we should. We'll talk about this more offline. But I think we should go in on it. And in four hundred days, when we're still doing this podcast, <laughs> um, we should just do an epic callback, like no no lead up to it or mention it. it's like, hey guys, remember four hundred days ago when we uh, <laughs> when we introduced in that random episode about the Nintendo indie world like yeah we're doing that this time no i i'm down down i mean we are approaching our one year anniversary so what a way to kick off year three (laughs) how are you even talking you great wall of china (laughs) shut the hell up um no um there, there is no game. Wrong dimension. That is the title of the game. There is no game. <laughs> yeah, wrong random. dimension. We're not just randomly, uh, yeah, eliminating the existence of the previous game on the list. Nope. The next one is there is no game. Uh, created by French developer, draw me a pixel. There is no game. Wrong dimension is a point and click that focuses on solving puzzles. Wow, why? Let me read. Let me let me let me read this first, and then I will read it to you guys. <laughs> so, Nick, I'm, how's the I'm, miming I'm... going? <laughs> awesome, loving it. You can't say that. I mean, who else is gonna say it? Okay, <laughs> created by French developer. Draw me a pixel. There is no game. Wrong dimension is a point and click that focuses on solving puzzles in a fun comedy adventure. Uh, that's all it tells us. That's that's kind of dumb. It says it's released <laughs> on Switch already. Um, this this reminds me of kind of like a 
kind of a bizarre version of like a WarioWare game, if I'm honest. Like I remember from the from the footage, I was kind of like it looks like sort of like a collection of little puzzle like mini games. And I'm curious to see they they sort of hinted at a an, a broader like connected story or history yeah. or something. So I was kind yeah, of, eh, so kind of interested. it seems like every level or world or whatever it is that, that they don't have anything to do with each other. Yeah, like they say there is no game because it's all like little games that mm-hmm. don't interconnect. Right. So, but yeah, I am curious to see, you know, I'd be curious to see what sort of story they can build with that. But um, Then, the okay, I guess it's not the last, no, it's not the last one. But the next one um, is the one that I'm very wise to play. Um, it's of course the adult moldy toilet wine manufacturing <laughs> black footed ferrets. Um, ah, yes. A the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, oddly enough, that's kind of appropriate for. <laughs> the te- I mean, that's that's almost what they are. Um, I mean, this reminds me exactly of the game that we talked about a long time ago on the pod that this was one of the first games that I remember playing and over and over again, but never actually owned. It was on the Super Nintendo, and it was a side-scroller. It had, like, dimensions, you know, you could mm-hmm. go front to back, but it yep. was a side-scroller, and you just played as one of the, the Ninja Turtles, and you just fought the foot and stuff. Um, the foot being and... a ninja clan for all of those not initiated into the, you know, the lore of the Ninja Turtles. Oh, the foot clan, yeah, they're ninjas. Yeah, so Tribute Games took inspiration from the classic TMNT fighting games in order to create this modern arcade-style fighter. Play as uh, Donatello, Michelangelo, Raphael, or Leo um, as you take down the Foot Clan. It will release later this year. And so I'm excited because guess who has three friends that own (laughs) Switches um, that also have to find content to make for uh, the podcast? But... My best friends, um, the Great Wall of China, Lick a Tongue, and Space Needle. I see Nick miming with his thumbs toward yeah. himself, saying <laughs> this guy. So yeah, you literally um, said earlier that I have no friends. <laughs> well, we'll work on that. You just want to use me for your video game enjoyment. Use me as one of your turtles. Draw me like one of your French <laughs> turtles, Brandon. <laughs> So no, I'm I'm I actually I'm very excited for that game to to see like a modern day game that's good mm-hmm. or that probably will be good because um, it looks so much like the original that yeah. I'm I'm so excited. And it's the I was telling Nick earlier it's the same publisher as the new Streets of Rage game. Not that you know publisher is always an indication of quality or content. I mean it really boils down to the developers. But I'm hopeful that they'll do the same justice to the TMNT history as the Streets of Rage game did because that looks great too. Uh, I was going to say you say that, but Devolver Digital. Like everything they've done <laughs> has been like, all right, I'm behind it. Yeah, I I was just about to say Devolver is is an exception. I don't know what it is, but like every game that they publish seems to be, I mean, just so similar in tone and art style. And I'm sure that's a constant conscious choice on their part, and just the types of games that those indie developers are making for that that. And uh, but yeah, Chucklefish to a lesser extent. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's what I'm hoping for here. So, I'm yeah, down. yeah. Um, rolling right along to try to get through these. Chris Tales, Dream Uncorporated, and six games draw inspiration from JRPGs, but this is unique in that it employs time travel as part of like the fighting style and stuff. For instance, you can make your enemies younger and therefore easier to defeat. Um, so it looks kind of interesting. Um, it's going to release on July 20. Um, Getsu Fumaden, Undying Moon. Fierce boss battles and challenging dungeons are coming your way in this hack slash adventure. 
developed by Guru Guru. My, it's going to come out next year. My immediate thought on this one was just like, all I could think was like, it looks like a cross between Hades and Neo. Like it's like a side scrolling kind of Dark Souls like kind of game, which reminded me of Neo. But there was something about just like the art style and like the pace of the action where I was like, yeah, it kind of reminds me of Hades too. I so mean, it, the, really the screenshot like that they have, the screenshot they have actually looks like an anime. Mm-hmm. So. Aztec Forgotten Gods. Lienzo's game mixes Aztec mythology. So if you're into that, um, Mr. Mime over there. I'm always down for Aztec mythology. Uh, mixes that with modern tech as you take down massive deities. So, you know, uh, Kratos meets Aztec <laughs> mythos. I was, that's exactly I mean, like my note for this yeah. one was like, this is Aztec God of War. <laughs> like, is I can't pronounce any of the Aztec deities, but <laughs> I'm all down for playing an Aztec themed game. Um, Cold, this cold, is the ah. one where you you have a lot of puzzles and stuff, I think, and you the, your main goal, I guess, or your main power is just like the the uh, gauntlet you wear. And you would just like upgrade your gauntlets to punch harder, better, faster, or whatever. Stronger. <laughs> yeah, that. Get no. out. We're going to no. get copyright. <laughs> yeah, they're done. <laughs> um, Jared, I think that you'll actually kind of find this mechanic interesting. Did you ever play Mario Odyssey? No. Um,. <laughs> So this one's called Skull with one L for whatever reason. Skull the Hero Slayer. Southpaw Games turns the cliche format of a hero fighting hordes to defeat a demon king on its head. Instead, you play as a lowly skeleton out to rescue your demon king. Switching your head out gives you new abilities. So like, I guess you defeat other enemies or you find enemy or you know things on the ground and you just pick up skulls and put that skull on instead and you get a different like power set uh, based on the head you're wearing my first thought was kirby when i I saw that i was kind of like that's kind of what that reminded me of but gameplay wise it looked very similar to like i don't know like kind of a cross between like hollow knight which nick you may have played or seen that one before i I know of it i haven't played it but uh Mm -hmm. so if you are familiar with bullet hell shooters there was a game called freedom finger (laughs) and it's a yeah. side-scroller space shooter okay. where your spaceship is just flipping people off the entire time. And the ma- the main conceit of the game is like you just grab an enemy spaceship and that's your power-up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the mime would be good at finger games. <laughs> but how's this toilet wine? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next game was Oxen Free 2 Lost Signals. Sequel to a popular supernatural uh, mystery graphic adventure is coming to Nintendo Switch sometime this year. Um, little was actually announced. Uh, this was mostly just a teaser. I was going to say, um, I must have missed that one. So it's uh, <laughs> it flew under it was, my radar. And, uh... It was the video. It was the one where... Um, well, I don't remember how it started, but... Basically, how it ended was uh, a guy. There was a guy like on a bridge near a waterfall, I think, oh, if I'm remembering okay. right. Yeah, yeah. And he, you could kind of hear some radio waves coming in, and there was a signal like, you know, someone was trying to, you know, capture the signal right, and you had those lines like signal lines come out, and then like it opened up like a rift or something weird, and then like the game, the trailer was over. Well, I so. do like crazy lines and rifts, so there you go. I'm in. Other games they talked about in very quick succession. Um, Art of Rally, Kiwi, Labyrinth City, uh, Pierre, the Maze Detective. 
Labyrinth City, Pierre the Maze Detective is all one long convoluted name. Weaving Tides, uh, The House of the Dead. Apparently it's a remake. Oh, yeah. Ender Lilies, Quietus of the Nights. Uh, Beasts of Maravilla Island. And my personal favorite, Pez. I mean, I'm sorry, Fez. <laughs> uh, apparently it's available today. Hmm. Yeah, I remember when Fez came out way back in the day. That's probably a good home for it on the Switch. All those classic platformers. I was going to say, are most of these like, hey, have a home on Steam and then like get ported to the Switch? A lot. Of, uh, the Switch has just a huge catalog of ports, which I don't think is a bad thing at all because, like, a, it's a great I, port console. Brandon, you mentioning overly long titles reminds me of a punk song. And the title of that punk song is Despite the Good That Princess Leia Did for the Rebel Alliance and by extension the Galaxy, she made out with her brother, so she will always be an incestuous whore in my book. <laughs> please tell me there's like t-shirt? Please tell me there's like an acronym for it too. <laughs> I don't think so. What are we the kids next door? <laughs> yeah, and that that song is like a minute 30 instrumental. So it's almost as long for Spotify to display the name of the song as it is to play the song itself. <laughs> that is brilliant. I love it. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about long winded things, I mean, what about the adult moldy toilet wine <laughs> manufacturing black footed ferrets game that's coming out later this year? Well, that's the title of the podcast episode. <laughs> oh my god, yes! <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to have to make it explicit just because of the, the tagline. <laughs> and it'll... it'll The the thing underneath of it, you know, like the, the comment section or whatever whatever it's called, the, the details mm -hmm. will just be like, just listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And if they want to listen to this and other things related to us, where can they find us? Well, Jared's not here right now. Uh, we're going to oh, have okay. to talk to the Great Wall of China to see if, if, if he knows. No, I was miming it. Long <laughs> You're not the mime. <laughs> That's why I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I think his bricks are just kind of crumbling in a general social media direction. <laughs> Um, so if you want to listen, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or your favorite podcast distributor. Like the one that you're currently listening to us right now on. That's my mind blowing. Um, social media, Twitter, at SmallConPod, Facebook, Small Constellation Podcast, YouTube, Small Constellation Gaming, and if you get the Crash Bandicoot mobile running game, you can join the Small Con Pod team. <laughs> yes. Did you make a Small Con Pod team? I did, because you have to make one at the beginning at, to get through the tutorial. So I was like, I'm, or you, you could just join a team. But I was like, I'm going to make a Small Con team. Perfect. <laughs> Watching out for our immediate presence. Every time I make a game now, uh, without a doubt, like anytime you have to name your character, it's always Peaches. Mm -hmm. Or Pe you know, if I can if I can do Peaches Brittany, I'll do Peaches Brittany. But otherwise, it's just Peaches. It's um. Okay. Cool. That's an episode. Um. <laughs> I don't really have an outro. Do you guys have anything for we can do for an outro? Mm. I for so online somewhat recently. There's been some weird thing about what's known as Sigma males. And oh, instead of like Alpha, Beta. Yeah, it's okay. it's all made up baloney anyway. But if we're going with the Greek alphabet, it's like, uh, I was trying to work on an, on a joke to tie into it somehow. But it's like... I don't know if I would be, consider myself a sigma male, something between a pi and a rho male. <laughs> Is there an Omicron? 
I'm gonna be an Omnicron male. I, I'm the inner John Cube. <laughs> and I think what's really great about my joke is that the letters Pi and Rho come before Sigma in the Greek alphabet. That it does. I'm an I'm an Omega male. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying now. I'm trying to go through the alphabet at least the parts that I know and see if anything makes sense putting it in front of the word male like you know mu male ep- <laughs> epsilon <laughs> male uh. so according to like epsilon is like the lowest class I don't it gets it doesn't mean anything to begin with it's dumb <laughs> it's because you're not an alpha male Nick <laughs> I, I said I was a between a pie and a row. You're a pyro. Okay, so I was gonna say I just <laughs> am a pyro. So <laughs> I, I was going down the the list and I saw Zeta and for some reason when I said Zeta male in my head I just wanted I I had the urge to say Zetus Lapidus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Xenon girl of the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> and then. I got down to Theta, and so Theta male. I'm like, oh god, I have to stop. I don't want to be in a in a fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about how about this? How about this? How about this? If you give me money, Nick, um, I can be an iota male because I owe the male some money. <laughs> Get out! Just end the <laughs> podcast there. <laughs> We're done here, sir. <laughs>